It's starting. We're starting off hot. Get a two fools agree on that one. Oh, by the way, look, we got the wide shot. Ah! (laughs) There was, there was, you had accountability. Now, what I can now, all you need is a podcast and a YouTube channel. (laughs) No, no, not even. Where, where, give me the money. Show me, show me, show me the money. Apparently, there's a fool fool raid. <laughs> Shoot the J. Shoot it. <laughs> uh, live on Facebook.com. We'll entertainment network. I need you on Twitter. I need you to, to repost the Facebook pages. To raise a human before I would trust a human to raise a pack of wolves. <laughs> before I would trust a pack of humans to raise a Right. I hear you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Do Fools Agree. I'm your host, Michael Reggie. Um, tonight we're going to start things off uh, on a little bit more of a, a somber note, a solemn note. Um, we're going to have a quick moment of silence for George Floyd and everyone else killed by police in this country. Um, just for a moment here, and then I'm going to say a few quick words, and then we're going to get into a conversation, and we'll introduce everybody that we've got with us tonight. All right. Um, you know, the thing I wanted to say is something I've seen going kind of a long, around online recently, going around online right now, and... Uh, and I'm sure everybody, I'm sure most people out there have seen it by now, but it's the, uh, it's, I don't want to say it's a poem, but it's kind of a couple of words and it's basically just a list of names and, and what we're going to talk about real quick. And, uh, it's just called say their names and say something, stand up for them. I know that I have privilege as a white person because I can do all these things without thinking twice. I can go birding Christian Cooper. I can go jogging. Ahmad Arbery. I can relax in the comfort of my own home, Botham Sean and Atiana Jefferson. I can ask for help after being in a car crash, Jonathan Farrell and Renisha McBride. I can have a cell phone, Stefan Clark. I can leave a party to get to safety, Jordan Edwards. I can play loud music, Jordan Davis. I can sell CDs, Alton Sterling. I can sleep. Ayana Jones. I can walk from the corner store. Mike Brown. I can play Cops and Robbers. Tamir Rice. Right here in Columbus. Just down the street. I can go to church. The Charleston Nine. I can walk home with Skittles. And a hoodie. Trayvon Martin. 
I can hold a hairbrush while leaving my own bachelor party. Sean Bell. I can party on New Year's. Oscar Grant. I can get a normal traffic tif- ticket. Sandra Bland. I can lawfully carry a weapon. Philando Castile. I can break down on a public road and with car problems. Corey Jones. I can shop at Walmart. John Crawford. I can have a disabled vehicle. Terrence Crutcher. I can read a book in my own car. Keith Scott. I can be a 10-year-old walking with our grandfather, Clifford Glover. I can decorate for a party, Claude Reese. I can ask a cop a question, Randy Evans. I can cash a check in peace, Yvonne Smallwood. I can take out my wallet, Amadou Diallo. I can run, Walter Scott. I can breathe, Eric Garner. I can live, Freddie Gray. And I can be arrested without the fear of being murdered, George Floyd. And one more that I'm adding to this is that I can call the police myself after being robbed without fear of being murdered. Destin Thomas. White privilege is real. Take a minute to consider a black person's experience today. Say their names. Black Lives Matter. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get into the show. I, of course, am Michael Reggie, your host. Here, as always, with my man Cliff Jennings. Cliff, if you can just take a minute while I get audio flipped over for everyone else. Um. Um, I will save it for the podcast. I guess we um, will basically use this time to introduce the other guests um, that you do not know. Um, ladies first, um, if you could uh, please introduce yourself to the audience and also what you would bring to the conversation, if possible. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. My name is India. Um, I am a host on Wine Night Podcast. That's Wine Night Podcast 614 on Instagram. Um, I'm a lawyer and uh, I, you know, in law school, I traveled down to Ferguson when Mike Brown was killed to assist protesters on the legal side of things. Um, I also have my master's in women's studies. So I bring an intersectional perspective to the conversation. Um, and I can I can talk about your legal rights, um, protesters' legal rights, and um, legal rights in general. But um, I'm also a black woman, so you know I this I come from a personal um, this comes from a personal point of view as well. And we appreciate having you and you as well, sir. If you could introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my name is uh, Derek. Um, my family member uh, was killed uh, by CPD in 2012. He was uh, the last name on the list that uh, Mike Reggie uh, named off, Destin Thomas. Um, so I have a very personal uh, experience to what it means to have one of your family members taken by police um, with uh, no regard. God bless the dead. And I'm sorry, before we do go further, does that, did because I'm recognizing your situation with you being the lawyer, did that have any way, shape, or form on how you two met at all? Oh, no, no, no. This okay. Is, this is connected. No. Okay, okay. Just wanted to check. Um, and you as well, um, cousin. <laughs> Mr. Fox. Oh, oh, cousin. <laughs> Come on, you know man. You Don't play with me. <laughs> or you ain't coming to the barbecue. <laughs> I didn't know we were that close. Oh no, we're that uh, close. <laughs> hey, uh, my name's Matt, and you know, 
previous guest on the podcast, and I'm just an interested party. You know, I'm tired of seeing this shit happening in the world, and I, I, I just want to be a part. Of it. And of course, we appreciate you as well. And last but not least, Coach. Oh, uh, no, you're muted. <laughs> Are we skipping? Hold on one second, Tyler. You're breaking up. Do me a favor. Cut your audio off and back on. How's that sound? Better. Perfect. So far. So, yeah. So, uh, Tyler, back. Uh, I was on previously a couple of weeks ago when we were talking UFC. Um, one of the things that that uh, I'm interested in discussing and uh, oh, is a unique experience to me is um, my background. Uh, I spent eight years, uh, seven years active duty uh, as a law enforcement officer, a graduate of a police academy, um, somebody that has performed law enforcement duties day in day out uh so definitely a perspective that i hope that we can bring to the conversation and once again we appreciate everyone uh being here um i (laughs) guess i will use this time since i um have been late to previous podcasts not last (laughs) week though I will say not last week. <laughs> you were on time last week, and I'm the one that missed sound check yesterday, so. But I, uh, week before. I before, ended... he was still asleep. <laughs> you don't have to hold on to that, sir. <laughs> but um, I have an inadvertent thought that will lead into the conversation that we're having. Okay. And I know for the people that are here, I don't have to preface or reiterate, but for those that are in attendance, each and every one of you know this is all love here. This is just a conversation. There will unfortunately be some things that are said that may offend some people. And I I, I just want to put it out. I'm just stating my truths. And I don't mean it intentionally unless it brings forth progress, if I'm being completely honest. But um, my inadvertent thought is just over the week with seeing um, your girl in the park, your Amy Coopers, and I'm not going to break down the situation, but um, to use that as a weapon is pretty ill. Beyond that, there was another situation with, I believe it was like three young black men that were at a gym in a business uh, building that they were leasing that the same thing happened. Of course, they're not calling, saying they were attacked, but questioning where you are, give me your unit number, things that aren't your business, and then calling the police because you're not comfortable with someone being there. Yeah. Um, the list goes on. There's barbecue Becky's. There's everything like this. And my number one thought is, I think to myself with all that happening, and I think, why can't white people just mind their fucking business? 
And number one is because they don't have to. They don't have to. They run the world so you don't have to mind your business. You're never in a situation where it could be rough if you don't. Right. Or it's, it could be a threat if you don't mind your business. So that's a privilege that you have, that you, you have the ability to use, and that even sadder, people will come running to aid in situations like that, and the inevitable ends up happening. So even deeper, I got thinking, well, what about, what about snitching? Because I have black people that I'm close to that have never operated in the streets. And for those that don't know what I mean by that, I mean you have no gang affiliation, you've never sold drugs or done anything left of center in the streets that would disown their child if they were snitching. And I thought to myself, well, why exactly is that? You know what I mean? If you're not, you don't, because the rule is, if you're in the streets, you don't snitch. Right. But if you're just a regular citizen, why would you disown your own if you caught them snitching? But when you see the consequence of what happens when white people do it so much, for you to be a black person and know the possibility of what could happen kind of gives you insight Absolutely. into why we keep our mouth shut Absolutely. as a culture. Absolutely. Because you know that if you're the one to call, it doesn't matter whether you're the one to call or not, you will become a target the minute they arrive on the scene expecting trouble. And or sad- not even expecting trouble. Just and looking for trouble. I also want to use that point to educate a lot of people it's something that bothers all black people, but no black people speak on it because it's not quite egregious enough to want to point out. Please stop using the term, there goes trouble. When you see one or you see multiple black people, don't say, oh, there goes trouble, because you say it jokingly. But understand that's the same narrative that the police use when they pull up to gun us down. Absolutely. And it, it gets stuck in your subconscious to think that you're just poking fun, but it's really deeper than that. And there's so many more things like that that one really wouldn't understand that I feel like it is beneficial to have conversations like this on. But I just wanted to share that inadvertent thought in hopes that it would bring to light to people that don't quite understand why we operate the way we do. So that was mine. Whomever else has one, feel free to share. If not, we can get right into the thick of things. I mean, I think we should go ahead and get into the thick of things. I think I'm going to save mine for when we when we turn the script on this. And, and I go, have another one And as go well. a little bit more lighter. I, I have another one as well, but I'm <laughs> right. saving that. For, Absolutely. Right. So, uh, you know, I Cliff and I talked about this early in the week in terms of, you know, was this something we wanted to talk about? And I know Cliff in particular, we've had conversations around things like this in the past. And, and, you know, in your own words, I think you've told me you're you're tired of talking about it because you feel like you've said your piece on it. I I don't want to be the irate black guy, you know what I mean? But it seems like week in and week out, I'm put in a situation that sparks that flame in me. I hear you. And I, I mean, to be honest, I don't, I don't want to sound repetitive, but at the same time, I feel like this specific situation deserves 
more of a dialogue just because I'm sure that there are more eyes on a situation now than there would have been on episodes we've had in the past, especially because Mike's done a, a great job with putting together the panel that we have today for a n- numerous reasons. But, um, yeah. Yeah. And um, I think one of the important things is, is that we shouldn't be giving you a reason to be an irate black person, right? I respect like that. If, if we stop providing that ammunition, uh, things stop happening like this. I respect that. We can start to make the, the, the changes that we need to, to change, I think. Now, I want to ask um, of anyone else, and this is probably something that should have been done in, in, in production, but does anyone have a specific way that they would like to start the conversation? There's just so many different start. I mean, I think you guys were. Go for it, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, just because of the law enforcement part, Cliff, I know you had some questions about that. And here's the thing, like as someone that's been through a law enforcement academy, has been taught restraint techniques, the first thing that they teach you is that the moment you place handcuffs on an individual, you're responsible for their well-being from the time those cuffs are on until the time they make it to a jail cell. Now, if that means protecting them from your own partners, that's part of the situation. So whoever placed those cuffs on that gentleman, they're just as responsible as the guy that had his knee on his neck, in my opinion, you, from, a, from a legal standpoint. And you know what? I'm glad you said that, and I don't want to cut you off. I want you to continue no, your cool. point. But I'm so sick of people just addressing the guy kneeling on his neck. Right. Like there wasn't other two officers on his torso and legs as well. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing is is the only we will only see progress if the police start to police themselves. Uh, They can no longer stand by when they see something egregious happening and just say, you know what, I know that guy's got my back if the shit hits the fan because that's not going to get you or get us where we need to be in the end game. That might help you there, but you signed up for this job. So it's right. a I, difficult job. I do I, agree with you there. I want to agree with you there. I want to say that, in general, I, I have no doubt that you know being a, a law enforcement officer is, is a difficult job. Uh, there's a couple of things. One, that's the career you chose. Nobody uh, feels sorry for teachers when they're working, you know, 70-hour weeks and those kind of things. Um, I think beyond that, uh, I I think I understand your intent with the comment around the police have to police themselves. I would say until you have mandatory citizen review boards that have authority to fire and bring charges against people, I think that's that's the path. Because I think we've proven that systemically the system's broken, police forces in general are broken, and I'm not saying there's not good cops out there. I know good cops. Right. I mean, T, I'm, you, you've met uh, Mike Malloy, like, and I'm sure you've got friends right. that are that are cops. And, you know, we've got uh, Tony who who drew the artwork for us. His, his dad's a former officer. Like, I'm not saying there's not good cops, but the problem is the system is so broken that if you can act without impunity in terms of any action you take, you know nothing is going to come on to you. Like, First of all, I'd like to I'd like to say good job Minnesota for for bringing charges against him and arresting him today. Right. Uh, I don't necessarily I don't think that he's going to. Well, and I agree. All four, all four got fired. 
all four were fired, which was good too. And you know, no, I'm, no, no. I'm saying accessories should be a fact of that as well. And you know, charges can still come, but it doesn't. The the charges don't fucking matter unless they stick, right? Because well, we've seen my two my two cents on this too is well, one going back to your point there is, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, you, I had a really good point, and then I, I you, you went to a different spot. <laughs> well, let us know if you need us to come back because I have a lot to say Go for it, Derek. about that as well. Just to add on to uh, you know what, what Mike said, and um, and I definitely agree with Tyler. Like you know, something needs to happen um, as far as the the police being uh, held accountable. But from from what I've seen, you know, from from seeing um, my cousin's death, the police already police themselves. That's that's how they right. keep everything, you know, kosher and keep the blue wall of silence. Because right. okay, CPD shoots somebody, the sheriff's department comes and investigates. The sheriff's department doesn't find anything wrong with it because the sheriff's department are police officers too. So right. Right. and then the prosecutor's yeah. office who works sure. with cops all the time to prosecute crimes obviously have to right. maintain a politically sound relationship with the police department. Um I, I think you all make a great point in, in, with respect to addressing it as a systemic issue because a lot of times the rhetoric is this one bad apple, this one individual white person is just a shitty person. Like, no, no, they're allowed to act in the way that they're allowed to act because this is a s- systemic issue. It's, it's literally in the DNA yeah. of the and- organization. Listen. Right, and everyone, like we mentioned, they, they tend to focus on the, the cop that had his knee on the gentleman's neck. Mm-hmm. The other gentlemen are just as obligated and just as bad at their job if they don't say something, right? Like, if you're not stepping in to say, yo, he's okay, we got him down, back off. I'll... Like, you're a bad cop. You might not be the one that killed him, but you are a bad cop. You are bad at your job. I'll even take it a step further. And I want you, Matt, to have your turn because it sounds like your thought came back to you. But if you stand and record. Now, in this situation, I understand it was a 17-year-old female. Don't put yourself in that situation. But me as a black man, if I can stand and record while a man begs for his mother because he can't breathe and I don't do anything to intervene, I'm a piece of shit as well. I don't necessarily know that I agree with that because I, 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 you don't that's, know the situation in terms of much. having to put their own life on the Listen, line. Because as soon as they do anything, speak up, yell, try to tackle him off of him, you're you're dead too. No matter of mine. Because at, it is listen, though, if you've got a family and you've got people to provide for. No matter of mine. We as a country have reached our quota. We have reached our quota, and at this point, it is a defense, in my opinion, of by any means necessary. Now, I'm not saying shoot a cop down if they, but no, if I have to get physical, then yes, I will. If you choose to shoot me afterwards, then so be that. But I will not live knowing I watched a man take his last Mm -hmm. breath while begging for his mother. That, That was my first thought whilst watching that that the first time cliff like at a certain point i don't know if i could have just stood by and you know at a certain point just like fuck it did you know his mother was dead did you know his mother was dead though as well 
Because he stopped moving at a certain point, and it's just like, get, get the fuck off. I have no words. I have no words anymore. Let that happen. I have no words anymore other than I feel like I have an obligation. Listen, officer, if you plan on killing that black man, plan on killing me as well because I'm drawing mine. If you do that, I'm drawing mine as well. So there will be more than one body, I guarantee you today. Yeah. It, people used to people used to be I don't want to say people used to be but the, the generation before us was was willing to you know be beat even lose their lives to to create change I think we live in a time where we've got so comfortable uh, because we have all these things we have YouTube we have Netflix we have you know in our quarantine we can have our Mike DeWine gave us our, our margaritas we're good you know so we don't we don't have to we don't have to sacrifice anything. Uh, per se, when, we, when in actuality, uh, we do. So I think uh, Cliff does bring a good point uh, to that. I, I, I also agree. I mean, it, it's tough because I, I agree with Mike at the same time. It's like, you know, if you do get involved, you lose your life. But if you want to make a change, sometimes the sacrifice I mean, is necessary. sometimes it does take it a is. martyr. <laughs> and I agree with you 100%. So let me, let me explain it for, for those that yeah. don't quite understand our sentiment from a cultural perspective. Um, just as important situation, the, um, child sex trafficking to take it completely away from race. If that was your child and I had the ability to stop that person from taking that child, would you not expect, not even expect, I don't want to use a word so strong as expect. Let's just say, let's let's flip it and let's say, would you not be appreciative of the effort and the risk that I put on the line as as police officers should be doing for the very people they're killing? I feel like it's very easy for someone to see a black man You're breaking say, up kind of bad there. I am. Yeah. Are we back? Is it better? Yep. It All is right. better yeah, now? Is. Can you hear me a bit? Yep. Yep. Okay, so I was about okay. to say, it's very easy for people that, that don't know or understand to to hear me and Derek say something like that and say, well, see, that's the problem there. But to flip it in that situation of a, a sex trafficking, even if you yelled to bring attention that someone was grabbing my child, I would be in debt. And it's no different yeah. from a man on the ground. That's someone's child. Yeah. You guys are muted. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, Derek, okay. India. Derek in India, you're muted. <laughs> I think Reggie did it. I, I did not. <laughs> Mike, Mike's the oppressor. He's the patriarchy. He wanted to stop. He, he wanted to stop your voice. I'm just playing. I am, I am the white man, you know. I'm just playing. <laughs> He's just very light. He's not white. Well, I, I was just going to say, like, from a legal standpoint, having the video can be helpful. Now, it's it hasn't been helpful in all cases, as we've seen, because cops have gone un, uncharged and unconvicted. Um, but I totally, I understand the sentiment, like at least yell, at least ask for other people passing by to, to help. Anything. And, 
it, like you record, I'm gonna, I'm gonna intervene or like somebody, you know, help. But and, from a legal, a legal standpoint, I would say the video can. Right, help. right. I agree. I agree as well. So, I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted on that because I mean, yeah. But I don't have the stats. You know how I like my stats, and I didn't have time looking <laughs> at stuff. But I don't know. Has uh, you know um, unjustified killings gone down? since body cams came into effect. Of course. And that's why oh, I said they, it may be helpful. I didn't say that they always are. And like I said, there's been murders. Cops have murdered people on camera. Here, and they've gone And un- still get away. I mean, but it's... Get, uh, but Rice. but uh, I, I, I hear you on that, Matt. I think my point on the body cams, though, is it may stop some bad actors from taking those actions. Whereas before, they would have known that they could have gotten away with it. Even just knowing that they've got a body camera on well, makes them a little bit more fearful. How many fearful. times have we screamed right. for them to release body, body cam, cam and then it's miraculously disappeared? Seen, I've never seen yeah, a body. I mean, look, so look respectfully, respectfully, why you say it like does increase? Rejection. I can't. I can't see. I can't. I can't. I can't see. Yeah, no, how. Like, like, everything's blacked out. You know, you can't really see Listen, what's going on. All the first audio cut out. That's what I'm saying. You can't filter. When you're asking for the video, what you're asking for is the raw evidence. And what the police are, are the middlemen. The police are going to cut your product before they give it to you. Well, that's what India was talking about, too, is that, you know, that when it comes down to it, the system's going to protect itself. Right. And you don't even get an opportunity to see the real footage until a year after everything's passed. So the they'll take, they'll take me, the charge me, for the so busted body this. cam. So if you, if you wanted to go the body cam route, do that, but feed that footage over to a different department. Absolutely, right. that, no. feed that footage over to a, a, a government bureau. No, you feed it over to a citizens review Make board, public access. a public service. Yeah. Well, this goes back to what I was about to say. Is that you know what I originally wanted to say to you, Mike, is that this whole thing, this third degree murder charge that he's about to get dropped on, is bullshit. Like, okay, so, I mean, there is a little bit of justice going on, and that feels a little bit good. But the reality of it is, even if he does get convicted on it, he's going to go down for five years. He's going to be out before most people that get popped for fucking possession of cocaine. Right, right, right. right. This is is a joke. I don't want to derail, but a thought just came back to me. Um, I can't remember what she said, India. Um, Oh, yell, scream, do whatever. And I said... I would draw, if you're going to kill that man, I would draw my weapon. The, the, the most important, the moral of that statement is you can't judge someone else's reaction. True. You may kill his brother. He may want to pray about it. You may kill my brother, and I may want to kill about it. Right. So you can't judge someone when they burn a police station down or tear up a business. Listen, when I see that happening, I see all these people saying, oh, these thugs and these people tearing up the street. Listen, but I, I bet it got your attention, didn't it? There's let some me, or- let hey, you've me, tried the quiet protest. Let me, exactly. Let me, let me explain. <laughs> let me explain because there was always Martin Luther King, right? Where is he now? Yeah. He's in the dirt. And you said it. You my, you answered my next question. How did he get there? He was assassinated. Hey, mind you, what people don't understand, and I saw that, sweetheart. Uh, I agree. Um, 
what people don't understand is he had a younger brother, Alfred Daniel King. He died a year later, accidental drowning. Now, it's widely believed by a lot of people that there was uh, foul play involved in that. Now, my point is, Martin Luther King peacefully protests. They killed him, killed his his momentum. Well, it's a, it's a fact to kill him, too. Because, right. Because the, FBI, uh, the, the King family sued the FBI and won. What you talking right. about? It's a fact they killed who? That they killed Martin. Oh, yeah, okay. Right, right. I knew no, that. Killed him. Right. <laughs> no justice for that. But beyond that, though. And we don't teach that part in schools, though. We don't teach that and the I'm gonna government. Get there. I'm going to get there, too. But let me, let, me, let me finish. What I'm saying is when they killed Martin, they derailed the momentum of that civil rights movement. But that wasn't enough. You had to come back for that man's younger brother as well. Colin Kaepernick did the same thing he need. He took a knee. Now, he didn't die, but he definitely got fired and blackballed from his career. So people have made it very evident that there's consequences to peacefully protesting as well. So let me explain to you, for people that don't know, if there's consequences regardless, I'm tearing shit the fuck up. I'm tearing it up. I feel like we should burn the whole country down because it was built on the blood, sweat, and tears of people that still haven't been paid. And hopefully we come together in unity while we build it the fuck back up. From the ashes. Well, this this goes back to the point that uh, Mike and Cliff, you both were making about, you know, if you're standing on that sidewalk and you're seeing, you know, somebody being choked out, what do you do? And... I, I, I come back to an old line. I don't know who initially said this, but, you know, freedom is one by buckets of blood. You know, it's the truth. Like, I, it's really unfortunate. It's and the it's truth. sad that, it, I mean, India, you mentioned this before, too, that, you know, we don't learn anything from our history. We'll repeat it over and over and over and over again. I mean, like, personally, just, I'm partial to the, the Boondock Saints. The only thing it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Touche. Right. And for white America to continue to allow it to happen, because we know the system won't change until, you know, those in power change right. it. And, you know, did you speaking of, did you see Steven Jackson's speech on ESPN today? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He, he that brought and me to tears. He was really tight. And I in this in, in this yeah. whole in this whole in this whole thing, I haven't felt sad. I felt angry. But that brought me to tears. I was literally tearing up after I heard that. Was that in New York? You said was what? Was that in New York? That press conference? Yeah. I, I don't know the location of it. Okay. I don't know the location, but um, I'm trying to think of who held it because they said um, who put it together. Well, not who put it, but they, they said um, other names involved. I just can't think. Who it was. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is, for those who don't know, Stephen Jackson was um, good friends with George Floyd. Um, they called each other twins. They did ironically look a lot alike, not did to they? be related. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous how close they did favor to There's not be related. There's an off-color joke there about them all looking alike. Right. <laughs> 
and I, I appreciate you for going for it, too. I had to. You set it up. I had to take I it. Obviously, it. I don't believe that. I appreciate it, and I don't feel like you should have to explain. I just appreciate the, the cut of the tension. But to get back on topic, I, um, I wrote down a few quotes. A few quotes from few quotes from some people, and I apologize if I lean away from the microphone. Um, one being from Chris Rock, and it was, um, it just brought, it came to mind with what Tyler said, and I don't want to take anything away. Anybody who has listened to past podcasts knows my stance on police. I, I specifically don't do police in general. To the extent of if my father was a cop, I would never speak to you. Not even after retirement, we don't speak anymore. That's the that's what you chose. That's fine. So what I'm saying is Chris Rock says, quote, all those good cops y'all love to bring up when you say not all cops are bad seem to never be around when their comrades are killing innocent people. Now, I also want to say to all the police officers that feel that they're doing something by speaking out on social media, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. Because the bottom line is you're speaking out against a department that has nothing to do with you. Meanwhile, statistically, we all know the same things go on in yours. But I don't see you getting rid of any of them. Right. Now, I have an even bigger issue with black cops. And I'm going to tell you why. Because first and foremost, we all know country alone wasn't designed for you. We know the police force was not as well. Now, most black cops' argument is, I'm going to get in on the inside and make a change from within. That's what most of them say. But um, I would like to let you know, the first black cop in America was oathed into office March 6th of 1911. You've had more than 109 years and you haven't made any progress. I would imagine you you try a different tactic by now. Now, let me add that Samuel Battle, the first black cop that was sworn in March uh, 6th, 1911, reached the rank of lieutenant. So not only have we had black cops in the force, we've had black cops in power for more than 109 years with no progress made. So you can start to see why I have a bit disdain, a bit of disdain for a black cop who tells me that they chose to do work from within. Now this brings me to another quote from Muhammad Ali. Now this quote was about white people. The only reason why I put it in here was because it fits more for cops in this situation. Now just to offer a little backstory to the quote, Ali was on a British talk show called The Parkinson Show and he was discussing how he felt about racism in America and the host went on to say the infamous well not all whites are racist 
which led him to make the famous quote, okay, um, there are many white people substitute police officers or keep white people. Either way works. There are many white people who mean right in their hearts and want to do right. If 10,000 snakes were coming down that aisle now and I had a door that I could shut and in that 10,000, 1,000 1, meant right. 1,000 rattlesnakes didn't want to bite me. I knew they were good. Should I let these rattlesnakes come down hoping that the thousand get together and form a shield or should I just close the door and stay safe? Yeah. That sentiment goes on to police officers in, in general. Why would I even allow you to police me if I can't tell the difference between your so-called good cop and your neck kneeler? Why shouldn't I escalate the situation myself before I even allow you to get the upper hand on me instead of trust that you're one of those 1,000 snakes instead of the 10,000? Well, this kind of brings up the, the good point that we, you know, we alluded to in the beginning before we started the podcast. Is, uh, so what's, what's the solution to our police problem? Love that question. I love that question. Um, I mean, it's a deep one. And I don't think anybody knows the answer. I, I mean, that's I mean, a lot of little panel here, but could, I don't think anyone knows the answer either. But what you say? What were you saying, sweetheart? India. I'm India. sorry. The solution is to dismantle white supremacy. Supremacy. That's the solution. Now, how we get there? That's those are the tough questions that we have to ask. And those are the steps that we have to take that it, that seem every single day in, almost impossible. But the solution is to dismantle white supremacy. That's why all of this is happening. That's a system that's in place that continues to oppress people of color, that continues to allow police departments to kill people of color, that continue to allow police departments to not hold their own accountable, that continue to allow people like Donald Trump to be elected. It's all, we have to dismantle the, the very, fabric on which this country was was built that's the that's what we have to do but that's that that that's why but because that is so uh, like such a huge concept for people to understand because a lot of white people can't even acknowledge that they that that exist from white supremacy that's step number one well there's a reason behind that and that comes down to white privilege and i i I don't want to just lump it into white privilege without explaining. See, um, white privilege is being able to leave important stories out of history books used to educate as well as as well as not informing your children of the situations that happened before so that eventually we all can forget while us black people if we're fortunate enough, have the opportunity to listen to stories from our grandparents about how mobs of white men attempted to tip a bus full of elementary school students over back in their day. See, the thing is, um, and that was my grandmother, mind you. That wasn't my grandfather, that was my grandmother. Um, The thing is, every time the conversation is attempted to be had, 
the infamous why does race always have to be brought into it uh quote is stated and the answer for you is what i just said um that was my grandmother there's only one generation separating me and the nigga that had to drink out of a colored water fountain right one generation that I mean, and let's be honest, that was the person that really raised me. So I come up with the same stories and feelings just because that's the person that I loved. And to know that they carried that hurt to explain that story the way they did, it, it puts you in a position where you, you're already feeling a certain kind of way before you ever come in contact. But beyond that, there are so many atrocities that have happened to black people in this. And let me say this, let me say this. And it's very important that I say this in preparing for this podcast. I almost put pen to paper. I almost put pen to paper and said, I couldn't imagine being a white ally and having to deal with hearing black people constantly talk and assuming that they're speaking about you. But then I thought, bitch, if you write that shit down, knowing that you do that every day (laughs) at your daughter's school, at your place of employment, in your own neighborhood, let them bathe in that. And and I want to say that to say that I love each and every one of you. I love everyone here, and I even love the ones I don't meet. But let's be 100% honest. And I don't know if anyone's gotten deep enough to say this, but you motherfuckers have a bad marketing scheme. <laughs> I saw I saw a meme today that said um, America was built on stolen land, talking about the Indians, by people stolen from their land. All true. Talking about us. But somehow it gets switched to where black people are the thieves in the situation. You know what I mean? Don't trust them. They're the thieves, right? Right. Black people are inherently violent. Well, that's why you're still three-fifths a person, right? Right. Black people are inherently violent, yet almost all genocides in this world have been carried out by people of your skin color. Or carried out by Western Europeans. They carried say, out by yeah. mass shootings. Every They say, listen, I'm not done. They say build a wall. Get the Mexicans out. Right. They're raping people. Right. But if you look back at every African American's genealogy, what will you find? Rape. European blood. Yep. It doesn't end. It doesn't no. end. Yet, we're the ones that have to deal with the situation on a regular basis while other people say, I don't understand why you can't just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, I'll tell you what I want to do with those bootstraps. Right. Yeah. I'll tell you what demons I'm fighting right now to stop me from using these bootstraps. Right. Yep. But once again, I want to, I want to preface that. I want to say that by, by letting you know, even after all that, even after all that, I don't see how someone could trust someone else going through that. Yeah. Yet we do. And we still continue. And you are a brother of mine, way beyond a friend. I want you to understand that. But 
there are things that we have to understand as well. These being one of them, these are the conversations that don't get said. These are the pain, this is the pain that people carry around with them on a daily basis. That they just smile and say, I'm fine. Yeah. No but doubt. since we're having the conversation, and I feel comfortable enough with everyone here to share this perspective, I would like to be as real as possible. Because most times we compartmentalize and we have certain conversations with certain people and we leave certain specifics out with others. But I want to be extremely honest with everyone here in hopes that we do make some sort of headway towards towards a solution. A solution. Agreed. I think that I think on the head that the preliminary step is to have the conversation and to have the and to and to you know kind of put a put a nail in the coffin on white fragility. We don't Absolutely. have any more time to protect y'all. We don't no. have more we we cannot keep sidestepping y'all's tears and y'all's right. y'all's sensitivity to the fact that you have a history of violence and oppression and you benefit from that to this day. I don't have time to, to sidestep y'all anymore. It's not even about me not having time. I my kids don't have my kid. Listen, let me t- <laughs> let me tell you something. If I'm still here, if I am still walking this earth, and my daughter is my age, preaching the same thing on her podcast, then I have fucking failed. Her hologram show. Her VR Regardless experience. Of how <laughs> they present it. I have failed. I have failed. I have failed. I have failed. It's not that you failed, dude. No, it's that I the system failed. has failed. It's not about the system. It's about what change can you make. See, that's the yeah. thing. Everybody's expecting people to come together. And what I will say is I appreciate all the races that did, whether they were burning shit down or they were peacefully protesting. I do appreciate that. I, I did enjoy seeing all the different colors come together and be one. To burn shit down. I, I appreciate Even if. Right. I appreciated that too. I'm going to be 100. I appreciated it. But what I will say is um, it's not about everyone. It's not about everyone coming together. If we're going to wait for everyone to get on the same page, we'll be We'll never forever. get there. Agreed. It's about you specifically. Yeah. And when I say I have failed, because if I don't do something to at least ignite that spark of change, to at least get something put in momentum to say, well, the arrows pointed in that direction. Right. I failed. I hear you. And Tyler, I'm not sure if you want to jump in. It sounds like you were trying to jump in once or twice. I want to give you a chance before I kind of say my piece on it as well. So I was just going to agree with India. I think the part about education there is where it has to start. We have to be truthful about where this country came from, how it was built, and the manner in which it was built. The information is out there, and the students today are smart enough to know how to research that and find out the truth. So if we're giving them one narrative and a place in an institution where they tell them, hey, we're setting you up for success, but we're not telling them the truth, that's a problem, a big problem. Because as soon as they find out the truth, then we've got it. Yeah, then we've got a real issue, right? Uh, They feel like they've been lied to their, their entire life. That's not the generation of people that's going to make change. We've got to be honest about how things got the way that they are. Right. What happened in the past. And then what, what, what can we do to make that better going forward, right? Until we admit the truth about the past, we'll never make any progress. Right. So, amen, so amen. One thing I want to touch on, um, like as far as we're talking, we're talking about progress and stuff. And I think, like, Tyler, you could probably speak uh, from experience more than anybody. Um, 
but from from what I what I've seen, you know, with uh, with Destin being killed, um, one of the things, and um, I think uh, what was the chief of police at the time? Her name was Kimberly Jacobs. Uh, I think she just like recently resigned. Um, when they gave a statement about Destin in 2012, and it was really it was like really really bothersome um, that this is like how candidly she just dropped it, and she was like, you know, well, we do annual training. Tyler, how often do you train in the military? And just, just the military, not even military police, just the military. It, you train once a year? Uh, once, a, once a year. 100% we train daily. Right, right. So you can't tell right. me that, that we can have, we can put people on, on, on the street, give them a, a lethal, lethal weapon with training once a year. Right. That doesn't even make sense. Outside of that, you know, we can also go back right. to the, once again with your military background. What, right. what what are the laws when you have to engage somebody in combat? You can't just pop somebody. No, nope. you have That's laws. So... If you, if you go out there and just you just start capping people, you will go to military prison. Correct me if I'm wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. So how, and and you're and you're in a known combat situation. So how is it that the police officers can go in a situation with civilians and just pop off? It Agreed. Because your pussy ass me, is scared. If you're scared, go to church. If if this wasn't what you wanted, <coughs> go go go. Be, they have the fire department. You can go be an EMT. You did not have to be a police officer. Right. Go be a teacher. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, teach, and I, even... I think you hit the nail on the head there, Derek. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, Reggie. No. Let me hop in there. Real yeah. Go for it. Go for it. You hit the nail on the head. So we talked about education in the public school system. I need to talk to you. Yeah, we talked about education in the public school system, so we could talk about the education with the police force as well, right? Um, keep in mind, those are civil service positions. You have to ha be a high school graduate to apply to be a, a police officer. So the qualifications aren't very high. You have to pass a physical, you take an exam. Uh, you take Once you take that exam, they determine how many people they need to hire, and they take a certain percentile at, at the top of that. So the screening process and, and the, the qualifications to become a police officer are very little. The loophole that law enforcement uses, and you can call it a loophole if you want, but the term that they use is called objective reasonableness. What that is, is that's a law enforcement's essentially pass to make very tough decisions in a small amount of time and then be held accountable for that based on their threat perceived. So essentially what we use in, in a law enforcement training scenario is called a use of force model. As someone increases that model, as they climb, you're supposed to meet that level of force with a specific level of force, but not more than is required to establish the task at hand. Like I right. mentioned, they had them in cuffs already. That's a use of force. You have control of that suspect. There's no other need to be controlling him in that manner at all. Completely wrong. The, the law enforcement academy I went through in 2003, we were not taught that. I'd hate to believe that they are taught that today, but I also read an article on Facebook where they said that the Minnesota Police Department didn't necessarily say that wasn't bad technique. <laughs> how? how? I, I don't know. And I, I can't stand truthful to the article. It was a Facebook article, but I, I saw that. And I thought, how is that possible? I mean, it's crazy, crazy. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry, you're on mute too, bud. Yeah, I unmuted you, Matt, but you remuted yourself. So you're on yeah. mute still. 
There we go. Sorry about there that. There you go. I the saw you came, talking. Didn't hear you. Wife came home and opened the garage door. I didn't want to interrupt the I got you. I, uh, <laughs> we saw it. <laughs> um, you're you're oh, a gentleman a and a scholar, yeah. sir. <laughs> I, I, I had a question about that because yeah, I heard uh, Michael Wood talking about that earlier um, and, and training that goes into police forces. So are you familiar with, like, everyday police forces or just military police forces? Um, so in the Air Force, military police is kind of a unique situation. We go through a law enforcement academy. Um, that's two and a half months of just strictly law enforcement work, where similar to what you would experience at, like, a Columbus Police Department situation, slightly different in the mechanisms, the paperwork and things like that, but the techniques everything like that they're standard law enforcement practices his, that, his critique uh, that everyone knows right there's a not a whole lot of ways to put handcuffs on someone there is right. that kind of uniform but as far as after that i went to a ground combat school which was significantly different than, than law enforcement training but i performed law enforcement duties on bases um regularly for the majority of, of my my military time his critique, uh, you know, being in the police force anyway, was that, uh, you know, in Baltimore, was that they don't have very strenuous, like you were saying, it's not a very strenuous test. In fact, mm -hmm. firearm training is once a year. Yeah. No, see, we, yeah. we would, every weapon that we would have, you had to qualify every six months. And this is where civilian police departments are lacking big time. Their hand-to-hand -hand combat training, their reliance on a firearm over, over manual restraint techniques. And in this situation, right. you've got three on four on one. It's not right. necessary. It's Go not ahead, necessary. India. It's an overuse of force. Go ahead. I mean, I think in addition to, you know, the physical training, combat training, cops have to be trained in unconscious biases. Like, we all have them as people. They may be against people of, of they may be against they may be based in gender, religion, et cetera, but we all have them. And so that that has to be an, addi an additional training because at the end of the day, you can train somebody in combat techniques, but if they're unconscious, if if their bias is to shoot the black person over the white person, they're still going to... They're still going to do it. Right. And I think on top of that, that's where you start getting into the training aspects around de-escalation tactics. Like military, I, and you know, I, I've had this conversation in the past with folks that were ex-military military folks are taught in terms of escalation protocols right like it's not right. immediately shoot it is you issue a verbal warning right. then you right. issue a uh you know a a sterner warning and then you pop off a shot as a warning shot then you aim for a non-kill shot cops are taught to kill when they pull that trigger dude there, right. was, a, there was a show on netflix um ndr watch called 100 uh, humans we binged on it was called uh, 100 humans mm -hmm. and they did a bunch of experiments and, and and one of the experiments was was like what she talked about the unconscious uh biases that we all carry and what was it like the majority of people even even uh, they gave her, they gave even, everybody a even the black people they they were prone to shoot another black person and that oh, was yeah, the first go <laughs> thing was right away unconsciously. Really? right um, right they had no, they had totally. Come, they had two people coming out of like from behind like dumpsters like one was white one was black one could have been holding a gun one could have been holding a cell phone but and, they switched they switched it all up and well even a black disproportionately one they knew. the black right. person regardless of what they were holding was shot 
So what I'm saying is, even if they're, even if cops are taught de-escalation, you know, escalation techniques or de-escalation techniques, they, they, the, if they're not taught to re recognize and reevaluate their unconscious biases, they're still going to shoot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that because they, they've, that's, that's so ingrained. This brings up a fantastic point that I, I've been rolling around with for a long time now is, so you don't want a rookie cop because they're just green. They just don't know anything. They're, they're shaky. You know, they haven't seen enough, you know, and they're too itchy on the trigger. But you also don't want a senior cop that's got so much bias and bullshit, you know, from years on the force and has seen too much. That they have all these, you know, uh, you know, predisposed, you know, ideas about, you know, particular, you know, races, you know, or people, you know. Yeah. So Matt, so Matt, um, to add to that, you're absolutely correct. Um, my, my my cousin was shot by by a, vet, a 17 year veteran. So right there, you go, right there. Right. Yeah. And India, one thing I wanted to mention is is exactly what you were talking about is uh, getting rid of that bias and the importance behind that and the mechanism I think to focus on there is when I mentioned um, the use of force model, right? So uh, as a law enforcement officer, you're expected to use the minimal amount of force necessary to complete a task. And if you're walking into a situation where you have that racial bias and your use of force is up here and the person is not meeting that, you're already out of out of regulation, out of so to say. As a, as a police officer, you're you're increasing and in, and heightening the the kind of situation and, and the vibe around that because of your built-in bias to the situation. So, it, from the get-go, it can start at the very lowest level, right? Just from the the terms of hey, what are you doing? That conversation and that initiation of that conversation may not need to have even happened, but it may have happened because that could have been someone of color. And right. that creates a situation where there was nothing. Right, Exactly, right. And, and to bring the conversation full circle, um, you know, there goes trouble. That's, right. That stems from totally. yeah. the rhetoric <clears throat> that, and the unconscious biases that we, that a lot of people have that um, black people are thugs and they're up to no good and they're gonna cause mm -hmm. trouble and they need to be over-policed and you know they can't be up they can't be doing anything productive because simply because they're black agreed so at this point uh, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna start to move on the conversation i think we've had a good dialogue here i'm gonna give everybody just a couple minutes each to kind of say your piece um and then what i want to do is i'm gonna put us on just a quick two minute break give cliff cliff and i a chance to go to the bathroom and when we bring it back, we're going to be back to the usual do fools agree. We're going yes, to try sir. to lighten the mood a little bit. I think we're going to talk a little bit. But so kind of kicking off our wrap up here, you know, in my mind, there are four or five things that, you know, we were looking for solutions. And I'm not saying any of these are easy to implement. They're just kind of those tactical things that I think are necessary. But I think one, we already hit on it. That's what the last conversation has been about. We've got to have better training for our, our police forces. There needs to be more about community policing. There needs to be more about de-escalation protocols. There needs to be more about unconscious biases. Body there needs to, to be there. I'm getting that. That'll Get be that. my. That'll be another point. Let me <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. So first is training, okay, and you know that can be use of force and when it's necessary, those kind of things, and you know, fine. Two, citizen review boards. 
all body cams, all dashboard cams, all of that should be automatically uploaded to the cloud and be reviewable by fucking anybody. Fucking anybody. It should be a public fucking service. And yes, there should be an elected board of officials, and maybe not even elected board of officials. Maybe it's volunteers that go in and look at police video and dashboard and body cams and that kind of stuff. I don't know about the volunteer bit. Well, do my jury duty. Exactly. They do it exactly the same. That's a great point, Derek. Do it the same way you do jury duty. Next up, I think that we need to do a better job of education. Better job with educating our kids. I think we need to teach. Uh, you know, these types of topics in schools. We can't be afraid to have these kind of conversations in schools. That's something that I'm very proud that my wife has been doing uh, as part of the Bexley school system, being within the, uh, the, I I don't remember what it's called, but their, their diversity committee um, about getting, you know, uh, you know, stories, books around black folks in the classrooms. And I think, there's a couple of ones that uh, I've seen a couple of other people post that I wanted to call out, but you know, read your kids' books by like "What Lane" by Tori uh, Mal- Maldonado and "Stamped Racism: Anti Racism and You" by Jason Reynolds and Ibram X. Indy, uh, Candy. Also, read them books like "The Undefeated" by Kwame Alexander. Read books for yourself and talk. White folks, you want to know what you can do? Talk to your kids about this stuff. Help them see that they are privileged. Help them see that. They have it over their friends and those kind of things because guess what? They they know what's right and what's wrong. And if you can get to them early enough and help them see that early enough, they're going to do what they need to do in order to stand up for you know their friends of color, that kind of stuff. So in my mind, those three or four key points, those are my big points around what do we need to do to move forward. And the last thing, you know, Cliff and I will dispute this one later. <laughs> get out and vote. Vote for folks that have a black agenda. Vote for folks, especially local elections. I agree. Local elections that say they I want to hold local. police officers accountable. I agree local. And, you know, you and I can have our ongoing debate around the national side of things. But <laughs> local especially. <laughs> so with all of that, I'd like to go ahead and uh, I'm going to hand it off to we'll – go, we'll go Tyler – then we'll go Matt. Then we'll go Derek in India to kind of close up, close us out, and then it'll go to Cliff to just give us our wrap yeah, up before we go on break. So, Tyler, why don't you go ahead? Yep. Uh, so I posted something on Facebook earlier that I just wanted to read, um, and I'll show the picture if I can get it on the camera here. But it just says it's been a difficult week to see the events that have unfolded. My time spent coaching in the inner city taught me a lot. I've traveled the world and seen some shitty things, but what these young men experience on a daily basis is difficult. My son latched onto these young men and I watched them take care of him as if they were his own. They were better men when he was around and so am I. We hear you brothers and sisters and we are with you. And that's a picture of my son at Linden. Oh yeah. In the huddle there with all the boys taking in a a nice lesson from a visiting coach uh, that was trying to speak to our young men and women about being better people. Just That's trying to do set. better. That's what's up. Damn, I didn't have anything prepared. Uh, <laughs> you got it, Matt. You're good on your feet. <laughs> no, I mean, I think we covered a lot of important topics here. Um, I don't know if we you know, are ever going to come to the answers to a lot of them. You know, and maybe not in our lifetimes. You know, changes happen slowly, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I, I disagree with Cliff on one point. That, and you should a you lot know. of times. I will let you know <laughs> yeah. that. that's not a joke. I mean, <laughs> I, I heard you say it several times. Change, you know, it, nothing's changed in you know, 109 years. 
And I, I tend to disagree with that. You know, I, things have changed. It may be not enough change, definitely not enough change, but things have changed. And, and you don't turn the world around, you know, just by snapping your fingers. Um, but I think we're moving in the right direction. It, it's it's just going too slow. That's right. my two cents. All right, Derek. Um, yeah, so um, closing, uh, my, my two cents would really just be, um, would be the challenge um, where we live at, City of Columbus. You know, um, just to continue to touch on, you know, my cousin's death, um, it was zero, zero turn up for my cousin. And I mean, I, I tried, dude. You know, I went to news outlets, which, you know, sidebar, uh, 10 TV news, uh, trash. They definitely uh, censored everything I had to say that was worthwhile. I'm sure. Um, piece that they did with me, and they did their part to uh, cover up and change the story and narrative uh, for the police department. So everything in the media is not what you think. Um, but uh, my challenge would just be to, uh, to Columbus, you know, um, start the process and getting things together for our city. Yes, you know, we're, we're getting justice for, or starting in the process of getting justice for George Floyd, but there are countless things. My cousin's not the first. No. He's not right, the past. Right, right. And what, what we've protested here, it did, it did something in another state, but it hasn't changed anything here. So we have, to, we have to let our voices be heard about stuff that happens here in order to change it. So it goes back to, you know, what, what Cliff says, it starts with you, right? So that, that's, my, that's my piece. India? Yeah, I mean, I think I just echo um, most everyone's sentiments. Um, I think we all have to take an individual responsibility to make an impact. I agree with Cliff on that point. I mean, a collective effort is always going to be um, is, is always going to be stronger, but we each have individual responsibility in this. Black people, white people, anybody else, you have to acknowledge what privileges you do have, how you benefit from those, and how those privileges um, in, in turn uh, oppress others, and how you, can, how you can start to dismantle that in your own community and in your own life. And I will just say, like, you know, for protesters, like, we have a right to protest. It's called the First Amendment, and you have a right to videotape cops you have a right to take pictures of them you have a right to be on the public street and if any cop tells you otherwise you 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 have a first member right to be there and to and to say what you have to say um so you know be safe out there and um just take responsibility and i think there is a major one planned for like 10 a.m tomorrow down by the state house protest oh really um i just wanted to ask i don't know if you're you know versed on this but i just saw that chicago passed a federal law that if you record well, it can't be a federal it can't be chicago well uh <laughs> a, whatever, a local or state right, law yeah. that if you film a police officer without <laughs> their consent it's a federal crime it, it said federal in the shit that's okay what i'm saying gotcha <laughs> So there are wiretaping laws that may um, constrain your ability to record audio without the other person's consent, but that's you. That's, that's without seeing a camera, though, right? That's like me calling yeah, you and not letting you know this is being recorded. Well, the wiretaping laws are fuzzy, and that's a state-by-state -state issue. Um, some states do require two-party consent. Regard, it's it's not just. If I don't see you and I'm recording you, it could be I'm videotaping you and also getting audio. Like 
that could, depending on the state, that could uh, be illegal unless you have the other party's consent. I don't know about the Chicago, the new Chicago law. Um, I, I'd have to look into that. But in terms of vision, Ohio is a one-party consent, right? Reporting. Uh, oh, oh, I believe so. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to double check that. I don't know that off the top of my head. It, visual recording uh, is is not against the law. Okay. So we just got to make sure the sound is off. <laughs> like, come on now, draw down. That's right. all I feel. Draw down, fuck the camera. If I'm pulling something out, it's going to be a pistol. Don't kill that man. I'm not recording you. Don't kill that man. <laughs> yeah. Mom, man. It won't be a camera. I have a one-party consent state. Fuck that consent bullshit. <laughs> Listen, and I've shared this piece as well. I don't follow any law. It's just the fact that my morality lines up with laws. We're all in that boat. But as far as the law, once again, never made for me, never made with me in mind. Don't care about it. Don't care about your law. I operate off of my specific and sole morality and if that so happens to align with your laws, then we're all good. But if not, I don't give a fuck. But I'm not going to just follow a law because you wrote it on paper and expect it. No, no, we're not doing that here. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to end the show with a post. Wait, wait, I want to call out. We're not ending the show. Oh, no, no, no. End, no. The, end <laughs> the segment. Because right. we still got we still got to give Tyler yeah, a chance to talk merry. about. Right. We got to drink and be merry. I'm sorry. We do have to drink and be merry. Oh, the last I still have yet to prove of LeBron James is better than Jordan. <laughs> and, and I want that, sir. So I just want to say when all this was going on and the riots in Columbus and all that, I was going through my Facebook and I saw posts. I'm not going to read any names. But I am going to read the post, and I'm going to read a couple of the comments. Just because, and this isn't anything bad or anything that I would imagine if, um, hopefully they are listening, but if not, this isn't anything that I would imagine they would be upset with. But it was a comment by someone that I went to school with. uh, Black, of course, um, said, logging off, this world is trash. So when they said that, of course, I know what you mean. I clicked, I saw the comments clicked on them, right? Um, One of the comments was, um, now, so-and-so, the world can be bad and it can be good. Look for light and bring it closer. Push away and the dark, push away the darkness. Only you control what you allow in your heart. And you have a beautiful heart. Don't let anyone change that. So the person responded. So I'm not going to tell you what my initial reaction was when I read that comment. But for everyone here, I'm sure you can assume what my initial reaction was. (laughs) So uh, he responds with, I know you're not outraged. I get it. She responds back with this. By what, honey? I'm not in your loop. Just a general statement. Right? So he says, Black, once again, let me reiterate. reiterate. I know, Auntie. I love you, though. She then responds back, Love you, honey. 
You know if you ever need me, I'm here. Now, without being disrespectful, I want you to understand that you're not. You're not there. You're not there. That man was reaching out right then and there. Yeah. And you didn't see it for what it was. Right. And even if you did see it for what it was, you tiptoed around the subject. Tiptoeing's over, baby. We're stomping now. Right. So if you see that my man is hurt, regardless of who you are, and my assumption was she was white, which she was, which I knew from the comment, but there's no tiptoe. Either you don't understand because you choose not to, or you don't understand because you choose not to see. But don't say, I'm here, if you're not here. So when I saw that, it kind of made me feel a certain kind of way, and I logged off and felt like this world is trash. That's all I have to say with my end. So on that note, uh, we're going to take a quick uh, two, three-minute break. Anybody that wants to stick around, uh, we're going to have round two of the last dance conversation from last week. Uh, we specifically were wanted to get... Uh, our Cleveland boy, uh, Matt, in on the conversation, and Tyler, Derek, India, if you guys want to stick around, you're more than welcome to. If you uh, want to hop yeah, off, I understand. Um, we're also going to touch on, Matt and I are going to touch on Dune. I don't know anybody else is going to talk about it. I got, uh, a, couple of, uh, I got a couple insights. And then we've got a couple of uh, inadvertent thoughts that we're going to come back to. So uh, we're going to take a quick five, and then uh, we'll see you back here in about four or five minutes. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank y'all.
to choose not to. We all knew LeBron was going to win the dunk contest. LeBron knew right. LeBron would have won the dunk contest. Why didn't I, you do it, though? I think there was just, like, I don't need to prove this. I already done this. Why? You know, so. you're, you, but if you're competing to be the GOAT, oh, you have to do this. And the fact that you didn't, you chose to forfeit that specific position. One word. That One word. Humility. Nah, stop. What? You talking about LeBron humility? Yeah, stop it. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that he isn't humble. I'm not saying that. But not in that regard. He, he wasn't is. saying, I don't want... That, you saying he's Barry Sanders? Uh, I don't want to beat Walter Payton's record, so I'm not. I'm going to retire early. I'm not going to join the dunk contest. Cause Seriously. I mean, you've, see, you've seen the egos of how many people in professional athletics. That guy maintained a pretty even keel throughout his entire come up. LeBron, yeah, I agree. I like well, see, I yeah. give my hats off. For this. I, and and honestly, Cliff, I think oh, yeah. that proves your point, though, what? because your whole point was history will be will look more favorably back on LeBron. Right. And I completely agree with you that history will look more okay. favorably upon LeBron because one never had any issues, and you know everybody's going to have their issues at some point. Didn't Jordan his has his killed. with gambling. Never knew his gambling. dad, so he didn't get opportunity <laughs> to get his dad killed. Right, but. I, I, I do I do hear your point on that, and I think that's honestly that's why, you know, on a personal level, I'm more supportive of LeBron than I was of Jordan. Jordan oh, jo- Jordan kind of lived like a rock star. He did, right? And it he wasn't was quite star. as bad as as you know rappers of the day and everything. But LeBron LeBron has lived a quiet life for being as much of a public figure as right. he has been since 18. And yes, I think he got some bad advice around the decision and how he needed to make like a media spectacle around it. And you see, he didn't do that as he got older. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I agree with the point that they history will look more favorably upon him. I just think MJ changed the game more than LeBron did. The seriously, oh, I don't, totally. nobody had a shoe. LeBron was a better factor. I don't think. Now that I don't think, I don't think that Jordan changed the game over LeBron. Like yeah, you totally did. I don't go ahead, Tyler. Come on. Listen, let me let me say one thing. Let me well, let me ask you one thing. Out of all yeah. positions, now I know we discussed it last week. Nine time, first team all defense. How many positions on the floor can he guard? Who Jordan? Correct. He's not guarding a center. All of them. He's not guarding he was, a he center. He's like an eight or nine time he's all defensive player. Not guarding a center, and he's not guarding a center. Not I back then it or would now. Depend on what what center. I don't think he's going to, but I think back then the traditional five spot was a little bit more established. Than and it was it was guys, rougher as well. You got guys running at a five position today that just play outside of the arc. Right. They don't no, go you're right. I, I can give you that. So true. It's changed in that manner. Um, do I think LeBron would be guarding Shaq? No. But. I don't think. No, but I mean, Shaq is also an anomaly. Uh, Let's be honest. Either, so Shaq's an anomaly. But I do think, I think LeBron's more versatile on defense. I, I agree with that. Even Here's though my thing he's on, the, the nine tied. See, this is what LeBron I was trying to thing. get last. I was trying to get it this yeah. last week. Even the, and this is another thing that I didn't put, put. I didn't get into last week. Back in the day, defense was an incentive. If somebody drove down the lane and dunked on me, then I knew next time down i could throw a bow and clean knock this man out and there's a chance they may not call that foul yeah now now 
There is none of that. There's <laughs> none of that. There's none of that. You could get a man back for making you look stupid you on defense. You if you blow a man's ear, Lance Stevenson, <laughs> you might get a technical foul. If, so, if you blow his ear. So we're in we're in two different That's not where you blow something, Cliff. <laughs> right. Clearly you don't know Lance Stevenson. But we're in two different eras when it comes to D to the point that it's like, well, Jordan got nine time all defense. Well you do you think if LeBron could play that level of D I think if LeBron could play that level of defense, he would be known as a defender more so than an offense. You think? I'm bullying everyone. Anyone come <laughs> okay, down, you know I'm what? bullying. You know what? I, I have... uh, hold on, oh, hold on. Up. Wait a minute, wait a minute, one, sir. One, 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 one. Real quick. Remember your thought. All right, can you hear us now? Hold on one sec, one sec. We got a clip. We got some clipping on the audio. It's my fault because I was fucking around with the computer. All right, try it now. Now he's just muted. There you go. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. What were you saying? Okay. I have the tiebreaker right now, and it would require a big sacrifice on LeBron James' part. Uh huh. He needs he needs to go play baseball right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty. Uh, that's a that's an egg. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give. Listen. I'll give you that. Oh, I bet he would, but his strike zone is also a little bigger than Jordan's, too. That's true. Touche. So, uh, I don't know if he has the... Well, I don't know, because his focus, it just, which is another thing that I kind of wanted to rebut on you last time, because you said Jordan is in the moment. Listen, LeBron James can recount the very minute he was in a specific situation. He's in those press conferences. He's, he says, but that means so he's busy. the ball. I uh, jumped the lane. I missed it on that pass. He came back down. I got the block, but then saw that Jr. was open in the wing. I passed it to him. He didn't hit the shot. Knew that he would be open down the line. That's how we got the game winning. It's I would like, say. I would say that means he's not. He's not in the moment because he's he's spending time to commit that to memory. I would actually or, argue that if you're in the moment, you may not remember it. I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I don't know because some things are like Equalizer. Some things are like Boondock Saints where the guy plays the classical music and you don't know what he's doing, but he's doing it as he's... And you're like, well, what's going on here? Right. And you're like, well, no, that's how he I operates. I like that reference, by the way. You know what well, I mean? Willem Dafoe, it's, well done. It's not, listen, it's not that he's in his head, that he was just a being created to... Think back, understand. think back to, uh, what was it, his comment or his mom's comment. He slept with a basketball in high school. Right. You know, like he lived, breathed, and died basketball. Okay. Like, it was just, it owned his life. Did Jordan do that? I mean, no, that's no, what his mom no. would say about, no, okay. about between high school and college right, and, know, or between his sophomore year and junior year of high school or no, whatever we know, it was. We know he didn't do that initially. But I also yeah, I would argue that Jordan was more dedicated to his game than LeBron is to his. No, I would I would definitely say that. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Say that. I would. has got a lot of other shit going yeah, on. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. Now, with that. That's really now, about it. when he was 18, 19, 20, that was all he had. But the point that Aaron made last week was that um, 
LeBron's never been denied. He's never been... LeBron's been anointed since the time right. he came into the league. Jordan yeah, didn't like make King his James, high school varsity team. So that already yeah, put, it, put a chip on his that. shoulder. <laughs> I got to get better. Not only do I have to get better, I have to shit on everyone. Right. And that's what ended up happening. Right. He worked hard enough to be able to shit on everyone. LeBron has just accomplished what he's accomplished solely based on his skill, his gift. Well, and that's Not actually saying that he doesn't work hard either. Because that's actually the second argument I would make. That's the second argument I would so, make is that LeBron has more natural gift than Jordan had. Seriously, no, he was well, wait, built well, wait, to be wait, an athlete. Wait, wait, that doesn't that's here nor there because we compare all time greats with all time greats. We were I hear you. About I hear you. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I want to see Jordan play football. I I, I want to see Jordan, like, seriously, step up and be a wide receiver and take a hit. Listen, this is all like a I real. I mean, you've hit. got you've got footage of LeBron grabbing a ball in like the state playoffs, <laughs> going this, up this for a jump all, ball. This is all I will say. Is uh oh, he's got his notes out. We're in trouble. And I'm, oh. <laughs> nope, it's only a little Goodbye, bit everybody. here. Because I'm not gonna repeat myself. I'm Uh-oh, not gonna repeat he went myself. To the cliff notes. Uh, the cliff notes. <laughs> right. I wish I had a fucking drum. But I'm done. Well done, Tyler. <laughs> so I'm gonna say the same thing that I did say last week. Is my number one issue is ring talk. I hate it. I hate when people talk rings when they talk Jordan. Yeah, that's a tough one. Because. <clears throat> You had the super team of super teams. Right. And there's no denying that. And to go into it, this is why I say. So um, everybody says Jordan, or I'm sorry, not Jordan, LeBron, left Cleveland to create a super team. Now, mind you, that super team consisted of a big three. That big three consisted of LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. Mm-hmm. Now, the conclusion we came to last week is that Scottie Pippen shits Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and Tony Kukart coach are the exact same player. Yeah. So, does that mean Jordan then had a big four? With but Rod- Jordan didn't wait, leave. Wait, 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 they wait, built the wait, team wait, around wait, him wait, in his wait, town. It doesn't matter, though. Wait. Does that mean Jordan agree, had a I big four? Here, wait a minute, I sir. I'm still, I I'm agree, still moving. I agree with your point. I'm still moving, though. <laughs> Does that mean Jordan had a big four with Coach Rodman, Pippen, and Jordan? And then my next question would be, who is more of a factor? Who would you rather have on your team, Ron Harper or Tony Kukoc? I'm going Ron Harper. So does then that mean Jordan had a big five? So then let me ask you this. Let me stop. Because I'm not done yet, Because he lost sir. his headset. Because <laughs> I'm not done yet, sir. I'm still moving. So then my next question comes to the bench. On the bench, Jordan had uh, Luke Longley, Tony Kukoc, Ben Winnington. Now, um, LeBron had Mike Miller, James Jones, uh, Udonis Haslam. Um, Out of those three, who would you say were the best? I'd go with Jordans once again, other than than Udonis Haslam. I may take Udonis Haslam over Luke Longley. That's a stretch. That's a stretch, but I'm trying to give Jordan people something. Right. But you, you have nothing. Because at this point, Jordan's 90, 96 Bulls team shit every, 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 every super team that's ever been created other than one, which is what? The one LeBron beat. 
the 73 and 9. Okay, so here's 2016 my 2016 Golden my State Warriors. My counter Go ahead, to that Matt. is look at what LeBron was able to do without the superstar lineup. I mean, regardless, I feel like that that there is enough for me. That there, right there, what I just said, that right there is enough for me to be like, that is why history will favor LeBron more than Jordan. Now, while I know the truth, because I, as a young man, got to see that actual in action killer instinct, not just from highlights and seeing the whole game in motion, I know what I saw, but... No, it was a work of art. It was but beautiful. seeing what's going on now, I don't see Jordan... I don't see Jordan being As a team, you are not future. wrong, sir. That's all I had to say. I didn't want to. I didn't want to continue on the same argument I did last week. Yeah. But let me redefine it in a way that could be simple and more digestible. Yeah. He had a big five. He had I a big five, yeah. and yeah, he it, had yeah. bench players. Again, as a team, there is no question. The Bulls had it. And the best coach in the history of True. the NBA. Phil Jackson. Agreed. But I and arguably down, some, my, my some of the LeBron best James college coaches as well. LeBron James is a standalone all-star carrying a bunch of nobodies. Fucking rocked the shit out of the league. Yeah. yeah. He's a guarantee. I mean, but you can't fault finals. Jordan for being part of an organization that. No, 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 into these episodes in, in these games, right? The, these closeout games where Jordan came in and he said, you know what, fuck you, I'm taking over and we're going to win this shit. And I'm sitting here watching this and then I remember he never even played in a game seven, right? right. right. Was never, there was never even a moment where but, there wasn't an additional opportunity to win a, again. He closed it out. Just let's closed be honest, it though. out. Let's be honest. Let's We're be honest, him. though. Should to you have ever, have with that with lineup, that, should just, you have ever played unreal. in a game five? Should you have ever played in a game five with that lineup? To be honest, I mean, you should have never it, played in a game five. So when Jordan says, I'm only bringing one suit, so what, nigga? That don't mean shit. It's not <laughs> like you're saying that in game one. No, yeah, you're but saying look at that. The level of competition, right? At this level of competition, if you don't make a game seven, that's more impressive than trying to be out my in game only, five. Agree. My, my only argument would be would be that the the records, the NBA records, have gotten tighter the later we've gone. Mm-hmm. They're even breaking records that other that but were that's, set back in the day. But it's the same. It's the generational thing. Right. You expect generations. You expect to humans get to evolve. Right. So let's not act like they haven't. Yeah. Let's not act yeah. like they haven't evolved. In that Jordan is always no stop. So would you say MJ and LeBron are one generation separated in terms of basketball or two? One. 
I, I wouldn't even say a so full I wouldn't one. Ex- I wouldn't expect I wouldn't that to be that one. big a difference. I would say a half of generation and separation. Because LeBron said, even after he watched it, he said, I would have loved to play with Jordan. And listen, there was a chance you could have yeah. if Jordan would have been yeah. around that long. Now, what LeBron is doing is he's trying to maintain his longevity so he can play with, with his Jordan son. With Jordan or against Jordan? With Jordan. He said he would have loved to have played with Jordan. That's and what's funny is everybody pegged it as LeBron bowing. I pegged it as LeBron being a dickhead. Saying because that he, he could said hang, I, listen, he would actually still be the leader what he on did that was, team. He said, basically, he said, I have a better IQ than Jordan. He said, I see the court. I see the best shot. I get the ball to who needs to take the shot. Jordan likes taking the shot. I can get the ball. So basically what he was saying is, Jordan is my shooter. I'm the I godfather. I mean, I will give I will I'll get the ball give to LeBron Jordan. James that credit. You said what? You'll give LeBron James what now? Uh-oh. Did we lose Matt? Oh, I hope not. Tyler, you still got us? Yep, I'm there. I'll All give right. LeBron that. Okay, there you go. Asked... There you go. You're cutting out, Matt. I, I still got your audio, but the video is getting all fucked up. Okay, that, I think that's on your end, though, because we still we still look good we on did? everything else. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh... Yep. Yeah, no, Becky just turned the baby monitor on, so it makes <laughs> That Wi-Fi consumption, man, is real. That's why you got to get a laptop yeah, with an Ethernet yeah. cord. Oh, man, that made my day right there. Oh, man, what were you saying, though, bro? That was per- that was content, right? He said, ah, yeah, Becky. Problems I never thought I'd have. <laughs> right. I hear you. <laughs> That's funny. That made my day. Yeah, Becky just turned them. Nah, but uh, I don't even remember what my point was going to be. Well, fuck it. I was interested. All right, Tyler, you got you got anything else to say on this topic? If not, I'm going to hop into an inadvertent thought. (laughs) Go ahead, Red. Go Go ahead. All right, so I've I've got one, and T, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. So, a buddy of mine, guy coached with at uh, SC, and I'm coaching again with at Whitehall, sent us this Uh article about. Um, and you know, this has been a debate among football coaches for, for, for the least the last decade and a half. Cause I remember hearing these arguments, but they've just finished research that says hands on your knees and bent over is better than hands above your head. And I my inadvertent breath. in terms of recovery right, during like right, anaerobic yeah. exercise recovery. and in terms of my inadvertent thought is attached to that because, and you know, this this may not be politically correct, but didn't the Romans fucking crucify people because when your arms are like this, it constricts your fucking oxygen, and right. that's how they killed motherfuckers? Well, no, see, no, see, well, well, see, that's funny that you say that is because I never, I never took it as... I always took it as a mental thing. When we put our hands on our knees, we had to run. Agreed. I, th- I always it thought it was mental. I didn't think it was actually true that coaches believed... That that was actually more beneficial to getting airways. Oh no, open. no, I never, I never equated it like that. I almost equated it to the opposite: that you don't want us to get air; you want us to maintain that exhaustion being out of breath and, and exhaustion. being able to move. So I felt as if you know, when you put your hands on your knees, you're giving separate. up. What'd you say? Yeah, no, I was saying our coaches told us separate. They always said you put your hands over your head. 
and your lungs get, you know, the full range of motion and all that. But uh, it's all BS because if you just look at the fact that you feel better faster with your hands on your knees, which Amen. is why our human but reaction defeated, is to though. do that, that's enough science for me to say we were told a lot right? of bullshit. <laughs> Amen. And, I, you, you know, I get, I, get the, I get exactly what you're saying, Cliff, and I may still coach. To put your hands over it's your like, head. Listen, yeah. it's like boxing when somebody plops down on the stool as opposed to someone standing yeah. in the corner. You're like, that person you standing has weakness. more than right. the tank. It's not a mental game. It's my right, game. Not necessarily, <laughs> but it looks that way. Like, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah. Office linebacker? It's mine, game. Terry Tate. <laughs> Terry Tate. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that was that was but one of my inadvertent thoughts for the week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, it's the mental component. Don't let them see your weakness. Right. right. Don't right. let them think that you need the air more than they need it. And it's that's really what it is. Amen. That's right. why you run the stairs. That's a, that's, that's right. That's a, yeah. Listen, that's another reason yeah. why. Uh, I don't know. I don't know from a white perspective. That's another reason why black kids get their ass whooped by their parents when they cry. I hear you. You don't let people. You don't show weakness. You don't. You see, you don't. Mm-mm. You don't let anyone don't see you cry. No matter if you're hurt. And, Listen, that may cause a stigma in the long run. <laughs> I don't want to go back to the other topic, but no, you might be right. No, uh, I, was, I just found that funny. <laughs> that probably does cause a stigma in the long run. My other inadvertent thought before I hand it off to the group for anybody else that's got one I was, got one. Uh, um, you know, I've been trying to follow World Star. And I'm surprised you didn't bring it up around the fact that the riots in Minneapolis were started by an ex-cop or a current cop. I'll leave that alone for right now because we don't want to go back. We don't want to go back to I that. I mean, it is important, but it's but, not important. But uh, I did see something on World Star today that made me think of you and me, my what? friend, uh, Jimmy Ivy and Dr. Dre Start talking about together. talking about yeah, why, why more black, black people need to start. Amen. Where more? Why more? Black and white folks need to start businesses together, and I, I feel like I've been in I've been in business with Cliff, whether it was one making money or not, since I was uh, since I was eleven, <laughs> if not before that. So, hey, hey fucking men, my man. Speaking yeah, of badass documentaries, the one about Dr. Dre with Jimmy Iovine and everybody is fabulous. Oh yeah, the oh, Defiant ones. It's no, phenomenal. Is it? It's on. Yeah. Uh, it's HBO doc. For real? Yeah, it's good. Yep, it's, it's really good. I'm glad you brought that up. I might have, have not seen that. that one. You have? have no, not. you got to watch it. Have you haven't? So, Matt, we may have to do a watch party when uh, the run is over. Unless you have HBO mm-hmm. now, then I might need to borrow right. your, your password. password. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I won't be watching it until Ron is over. <laughs> I do not. I do have... I... He I does have, have his jailbroken shit, so I can right? Get damn near anything. <laughs> listen, I'm not mad at you, sir. I'm not mad at you, sir. Um, <laughs> listen, my inadvertent thought, which I know Coach is definitely gonna enjoy. I know you saw Mike Tyson coming back. <laughs> what do you mean coming back? Oh, Did yeah, you see that? I'm so happy you brought that up. Listen, so let me tell you something. So let me tell you something. So he's been shipping out requests to see who's willing. Right now, what he has agreed to is an exhibition match 
which he's going to use as a litmus test to determine whether or not he can actually return back to pro. He says, depending on... Dude, I saw him sparring in a video, man. He looks fucking dynamite for Listen, being 50 some I didn't some see him sparring. Old. I saw him hitting the mitts and hitting the bag. I never saw him sparring. I would love to see him sparring just to see how quick he is with someone else mm -hmm. in there. Dude. But what I will say he's is... fucking fast. He's put, he's put um, feelers out to multiple people. I don't know if you've known. One being Tyson Fury... The oh, current champion yeah. who's already accepted. He's okay. accepted. Um, also, Tito okay. Ortiz, the ex. <laughs> exactly. My exact what? reaction. My exact reaction. And, Tito. And for those who are going to be listening from the podcast, Apple, Spotify, I'm pointing at Mike because that was my exact reaction. Because, <laughs> not because Tito's not a banger. He is. He is a banger. But he's got a decade out. And you're not a boxer, number one. Number two, you have... He's been retired for like 10, 15 years. Well, no, he just had a fight a year and a half ago with Chuck Liddell. No way. He knocked Chuck Liddell out. He knocked Chuck Liddell out about a year and a half ago. Not in the UFC, he didn't. Yes, he did. No way. Look it up now. I will. He knocked Chuck Liddell out with a minute and 30 in the first round. had a nice long run, but he's done. But what I'm saying is this. This is what all you are. You're just thinking about talent. Tito Ortiz has multiple fused discs in his neck. Yeah. If he fights Mike Tyson, he he's going to break Mike. his fucking neck. Yeah. The and last time they fought was in 2006. No. Mike had a fight. They just had a fight, Mike. He said it was a year and a half ago. They just had a fight. Oh, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Right. There Stop was playing one. With me. There was one in 2018. <laughs> they just had a fight. They had fought twice before uh, that. Uh, the last time uh, before that was in 2006. Listen, stop playing with me. <laughs> stop playing with me. Okay. They should have stayed retired, both they of them. They should have, but that's the reason why All both right. of them All accepted right. the, the fight. Thing, the only yeah, thing that's getting me far here. What happened? Uh oh. Uh-oh, we lost Matt. There he is. There he is. Oh, fuck. You're right. You're there. You're there. You're there. We got you. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. The only thing that's giving me pause is I said the same thing about Mike back in, like, 2010 when he tried to make his comeback, and that ended in tears. So, yeah. I mean, I have my, my reservations, but at the same time, Where is I in he seems like he's he's a different man. Did he make a comeback in 2010? I don't remember that, but it's possible. I don't either. I nah, think his he, last fight was against no, the... No, he, uh, he tried to come back and he... <laughs> no, I don't know if... I no. can't remember. It was 2010, 2010, 2007. It was something like that. He tried to make a comeback, and it was like, nah. Let me see done. something, because I, I think... Um, 2005 I, was uh, Tyson's last fight. And he lost the fight to that Russian dude. Or the yeah. White boy. Ir Irishman, Kevin yeah, McBride. Yeah, white dude. Yeah, I know you're talking yeah. about. So that's probably what you're... Yeah, yeah I, he I, was definitely white. He was Irish. Yeah, I, no, I, Well, yeah. no, he was definitely white. He was Irish. No, I think Irish. I was Irish. Listen, well, all, Irish. Uh, he was just... They're just not full black. That goes back to our earlier discussion. Yeah, they, <laughs> no, no, he, was just, he was, he was slow. He was. 
Nah, it was, it was um, not the usual Mike Tyson that we all say, grew up and What I will say is, especially for fighters like that on the ass end of their career, and especially Mike Tyson who served time in prison, um, whether or not he did or did not commit those crimes, he did not commit those crimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what I will say is, when you're when you're desperate and you're just fighting for money, it's not like fighting for passion. True. And when you yeah, lose right. that passion, it's it's nine times out of ten you lost that fight. He was, he was trying fight. to get himself out of debt. Now like, Tyson Fury, he was trying to get out of debt. Right, right. And Tyson Fury is the perfect example because this man, um, I'm trying to I'm trying to say it without being disrespectful. This man had a. Um, depressive disorder of course that took him from the sport of boxing regardless of any drug use or all that that has here nor there he was out of the sport for more than three years and exceeded 400 pounds right and chose to bring himself back to becoming eventually an undisputed champion he will become an undisputed champion um if he eventually gets to Joshua, I don't see Wilder beating him again. But what I'm saying is he he regained that passion. That depression took him out of the game. And when you aren't 100% into a fight sport, don't do it. It could right. cost you your life. And that's what happened Thank to Mike you. when it started. It started with Holyfield. Because when he bit Holyfield's ear. Oh, yeah. That's when they, they, they then mandated that he can no longer stop taking medication before he goes into fights. Gotcha. So essentially what you're doing is you're sending right. that man into a fight sedated. Yeah. Now, yeah. it's not wrong to allow him to get well, off I of mean, medication. To be, fair, to be fair. It's not wrong to allow him to be off of medication. It's not, no, it's no, not, no. it's not. That's not a testosterone. That's no, not, no, it's no. not a, it's no, just no, because no, 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 no. he's an animal you can't try to down you him to, to make it competition. At that point. No, you, you had didn't. to sedate Mike Tyson because at that point. Because he was a monster. Was saying, but and I quote, I'm on Zoloft, so I don't kill you, motherfucker. And I understand that. But that's like that's like me saying, that's like, listen, that's like you saying, I'll put you in a fight with a lion. But I'm going to make sure that lion's <laughs> neck and paws are chained. Before you enter the ring. Thank you for bringing up that point. You Dude, can't. He just... would roll around with tigers. <laughs> but what I'm saying that he's still he's still a human being. Just the fact that that nut of a human being existed does not give you no. a reason to try to to he's lower competition to he's make it level. Terminator. He's not from this earth. I can tell you what he is. <laughs> not from this earth. I can tell you what he is, and there's a lot <laughs> more of him that have not been discovered. <laughs> Let me just... Does he crab people? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. No, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying there have been, there've been movies, there's been stories, there's been everything for years. And it goes back to... This sounds jokingly, but let's talk about Kevin Bacon in the air up there. When they found out Africans were seven foot tall with athleticism, <laughs> they were looking for. Hey, that's a great movie. Let's be. It is. 
and I'm saying the same with Mike. When they found out that there were project kids that were 215 pounds at 15 years old, right? They wanted to. That's what. That's what I'm saying. They've <laughs> always monetized our culture, <laughs> our style, our athleticism, and then make us that's and then make I'm us saying. look it's like. A, that's what I'm saying. And then make us look like what Matt said. Why wouldn't you sedate him? Well, don't, don't sedate him. He's a human being. He's a human being. Don't sedate him. Y'all chose to fight against him. How are you yeah. going to sedate him if you chose That's to step true. in the ring with That's him? That's true. That's true. I'm still, still going to hold Mike. And then we count those losses, the Irishman losses. And it's like, well, damn, you were fighting a... a Broken seal at that point. <laughs> An endangered species is what you were fighting at that point. And you got to win, Dude. huh? That's still a win, though. Dude, Let me explain like, that. Seriously. To that Irishman, that's, that's, that's still a win. Whole, a sedated Mike is still a win. With Mike Tyson. My whole argument is uh, I watched uh, this awesome documentary once upon a time about Mike and uh, his rise to being the greatest uh-huh. fighter of all time. And that dude would would tear through five sparring partners a day. Somebody, there's somebody right now that and does these the same guys thing. Were out of, you know, like he had to get brand new ones every single day because these guys were destroyed for like a month. There's somebody right now that does because the you went same in against thing. a freight train. Nobody could hang in the ring with that dude, man. Sixteen second knockouts, man. Guys who trained for six months to get in the ring with him and could only hang in there for fucking 16 seconds. For those of you that know, I'm looking at Michael saying that there's someone currently that does the same thing because he's of the he's of the opinion that only the heavyweight division matters. <laughs> That's true, but what, this person is obviously not a heavyweight. If you're saying that, Gervonta Tank Davis is 22 and 0 with 21 knockouts. <laughs> That's crazy. At the 130 pound division, just moved up to be a 135. What's his? What's his, what's his shortest? What's his shortest? What's, what's his, his shortest, shortest knockout? Listen, sir. I think he has. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. But I think he's a. Uh, He's up there with the most first round knockouts in a career. Okay. Now I can't say like the shortest knockout because I you don't I know, mean that's but... just somebody that comes to mind off I mean, of the conversation. I'm, but I'm saying they call him something they special. call him the lightweight Mike Tyson. Okay. 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 Right no, now, I'll, I'll give a lightweight their due. This is and the same what? guy it, that they're wanting working. Lomachenko it, to it, go it, against to see who's better. Gotcha. The be- next best person. No, in no. I mean, you're talking about no. That that's the whole deal about heavyweights versus lightweights. You're talking about like Conor McGregor and can he hang with a heavyweight? Right. You know, even though he's faster and he's a tough motherfucker, if a heavyweight gets one good shot on Conor, it's not that easy. he's done. It's right. not that easy. You saw him sparring you know, with the mountain. Done. You saw him Spartan with the mountain. It's not that easy to get oh, one good shot on anybody. Was holding Listen, back it's not that easy to get one good shot on anybody. No. On on yeah, a woman. If one if one of me and you if one of me and you ran up on a woman right now, it's not a guarantee we get that clean shot off. I want you to understand that. 
It's not yeah, that true, but easy you know what? In a matter of land five minutes, I'm gonna get a clean one. Shot. I'm gonna get one. You're gonna get one. But what I will also <laughs> say, since we're on the subject, is isn't it ironic that all these bitch ass niggas drop after one shot in a street fight? But you see a woman take multiple blows on her feet, like, whoa, 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 and never <laughs> go down. True. Like, never goes down. Like a, 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 like a dog, but like an absolute monster man. could be throwing punches at a female. <laughs> and she's taking blows like a drunk crackhead. Like, I'm, I'm just not going down today. I, I think that goes Dude, to pregnancy. I would rather, like, I think they're stronger than us. I would rather get you right. I, I do. I would I would rather get in the ring with Conor McGregor than Ronda Rousey. You know, like that's just I I wouldn't want to fight. You know her. what? That's that's not a bad. That's <laughs> not a bad. And we all know Ronda Rousey has no hands. We know that for sure. But that's still not. I a wouldn't bad. Mean, I wouldn't mind she being would taken. She would twist you up like a pretzel and just fucking bend right. you. Listen, I would not mind being taken down by Ronda Rousey. I'm not tapping. I'm not tapping. <laughs> I'm not tapping. You gonna put me to sleep? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> and, 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 and whatever and whatever I dreamed I about happened, ma'am. All right. So if I had a sex dream when you put me to sleep, I'm telling I don't know, everybody. I don't know what it is about a sleeper it. hold, but when you wake up in the morning, your anus really hurts. <laughs> Chappelle, Mad Real World. Oh my! <laughs> oh man! With Tyrone, that was a, that was a good pull, man. right? He had his girl. Uh, what did he say correction, about his girl? correction, correction. I did. Wait, 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 wait. You, you fucked. You shit. fucked Katie too. Said, correction. I had sex with Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I didn't good. have sex with Katie. Correction. I had sex that's with Katie. good. That's good shit, G. <laughs> Correction. Look, oh, look, man. There's just something so much better in a heavyweight fight when you see a guy hit another guy and he's closer to death. You True. Right? Like he's knocked the fuck out. When you watch right. these 135-pound guys fight, and I sit there and I watch it, and I think, man, if he was fighting me, I'd just grab him and throw him. Like, there's a difference in how watching those people fight and, like, just the speed in which those those small guys throw is so impressive. But I just feel like when you hear those heavyweight hands hit right, heavyweight right. hands. Well, it's, right. it's, I agree. It's, it's, it's what Jason point. said. Well, it's what Jason point. said. It's what Jason said two weeks ago. It's that you feel the ring move. When the heavyweights stomp and move around and go for takedowns and that kind of stuff, right? You can feel it. <laughs> no, no. I, I want everybody to take take a second and go back and watch 1991. Mike Tyson fucking just throw that fucking vicious left hook so fast, so hard they lifted a 240 pound guy off the fucking mat. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, dude. I mean, he's an ox. From the time he, was, they said he was thirteen, he was fighting at heavyweight, like he was the right. Monster. Oh, you know, uh, Mike Tyson was in the same monster. amateur um, tournament as Evander Holyfield, who was four years older than him when Mike Tyson was fifteen years old. So that means he was in there with a nineteen-year-old Evander Holyfield. At, that's that. That's a Michael Jordan and LeBron James conversation right, right. right there. 
to yeah. be honest. Because he Holyfield's beating him every time they fight. fought. Yeah. But I'm not sure that yeah. he's the better fighter. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. All right. I saw a but, really yeah. great meme. No, we'll go back to where, something. Uh, go back to something we started. Okay, that's cool. Well, I'm sorry. I'm in a listen. Sorry, I'm in a conversation. The mother of my child just asked me, "How do you feel about me teaching Karma how to shave?" I said, "Shave what?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping it's her legs. That's what she said. <laughs> Me as a man, that's not the first thing that pops into my head. First I don't want to no. think about my goddaughter no, shaving anything but her legs. Yeah, no, stop. Let me stop that because my mom's never <laughs> shaved her legs in life, and she has no hair on her legs. Okay. Not any hair. That's like, cause Jeannie is, that's her... because Jeannie is a saint. Let, let me stop. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Talking about my goddaughter putting her name right, out no, there. No, oh, I didn't put a name. You're right. Yeah, you it's, did. It's eleven thirty. To be continued. To be continued. I agree. Matt, you and I are going to have a conversation about Dune, whether it's on this show next week or on oh, a different y'all show. Can have it, I have nah, it. nah, nah. Back. We'll bring it back. We'll bring it back. Because I finished reading the book. I'm we'll come ca- back. I watched yeah, the '80s movie more. and I. Uh, and I did some research on the the 2020 version that's coming out here at the end of the year. So yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Okay. We get into that. I recommend but watching the I 80s movie. It's painful. But what I will say about it. Okay. Well, I did. I will say one thing about it. I found it very ironic that white folks did not understand the importance of spice until the year two thousand or ten thousand. <laughs> All right. That is what I will say. Y'all, the, I, the plot of the story was... My wife still doesn't understand find, what the purpose of spice is. <laughs> let's find spice. We need spice in the year 10,191. We need spice. They're still not getting it. We still don't get it. It's fine. By the way, I season everything. Thank you. Um, with all that being said, Tyler, you got anything? To close us out. I love you, bro. All right, Matt, you got anything to take us out? I love you too. We lost Matt again. I'm good, fellas. I gotta, I gotta hit the text. All right, fellas. Cliff, my friend. Love to everyone. Love to everyone, regardless of skin color or gender or sexual preference. Just love, please. Love. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves and one another. And with all of that. Thank you. Fools agree. Love all y'all. Take it it. easy. Later. Later. Uh Uh-huh. That was a great one.